0: I was living in South Africa and at this time I had the opportunity to go on a humanitarian trip to Niger and I would be assisting in the famine relief efforts. Excited because I enjoy humanitarian work, I also had this gut feeling that I had to go and I couldn't explain it but I knew I had to go. As I began to prepare for my trip, I quickly learned that to go to Niger without a visa is illegal and you could go to prison. So, not wanting that to happen, I do everything I could to get my visa beforehand. But I hit roadblocks every step of the way, and doors were closing. At that time, I called the program manager for the trip and told him my dilemma. He told me two stories. The first story was how he was in Niger without a visa and spent several days in prison. The other story was how he was in Niger without a visa and got it at the border. He then advised me that I could no longer come on the trip because it wasn't safe. However, if I happened to be there while they were there, they'd gladly appreciate my help. (laughs) So I weighed my options, and I thought it would all work out, and I took a calculated risk. So I bought my plane ticket, and I was off. I made it through South Africa and through Ethiopia, and 36 hours later, a little bit nervous, I was in Burkina Faso, my last layover before Niger now the questioning started where's your visa why don't you have your visa well can't i get it at niger in the at the border no you can't do that after 30 minutes of this back and forth they finally decided to wash their hands of me and they said you're niger's problem go on your way relieved that i wasn't missing my plane i got on the plane and an hour later i was in the capital of niger in the airport when i arrived I surveyed surveyed my surroundings, and I quickly saw another foreigner, so I thought, I'm gonna go talk to him. Sure enough, he was an American, and he was doing construction work in the capital city. I wanted to get a lay of the land and kind of see his experiences, because at this point in time, Niger was a little bit unstable politically, but a lot of the countries surrounding Niger were very unstable. Secondly, it's a Muslim country, and they weren't too warm to Western visitors. And thirdly, they were in a major food crisis. This gentleman assured me I shouldn't have any problems, though, as long as I had my documentation. (laughs) But I didn't have my visa, and the hairs on my neck began to stood, and I thought, man, what am I getting myself into? So as I saw my new friend leave with ease, I stayed in the queue and waited to talk to the customs officers. Figuring I could use my charm and my wit to get me through this. It wasn't working very well, and I was quickly escorted to another secluded part of the airport. Now, when I think detention holding center, I think dark, sterile. Well, it was definitely dark, and it wasn't cold though. And I wasn't sure at this point in time if I was sweating because of the butterflies in my stomach, or because it was 120 degrees with no air conditioning, and I was wearing a head covering and fully covered because I was in a Muslim nation. I sat there for so long that I watched Peter Pan in French, and all I could think about was I could go to prison. Like This is real. I could go to prison, and I was just waiting to meet Hook, thinking the worst at this point. Several hours went by as my thoughts compounded and I was led to another room by um, another officer and at this point, my heart was pounding and those butterflies were just getting worse and I come in this small room and there I'm presented with Hook, or the chief of police, Abraham. And I sat down, not looking anyone in the eyes in the room as I didn't want to disrespect culture. And all I could think about was when I was little, my mom told me Never to tell the customs officers more than necessary. (laughs) So, as I sat there, trembling a bit, sweating, the questioning began. And we dispensed of the easy questions, and soon he moved into the harder questions. Why are you in South Africa? For work. What are you doing in Niger? Volunteer. Why have you been to Mozambique, Indonesia? These are Muslim countries. I like to travel. He was not believing it. This went on, and we went in circles, and the decibels grew louder. I don't believe you. Why are you here? I'm here to help. As this continued and continued, I just wanted to curl up into a fetal position as he was yelling. And finally, he looked at me. Here are your options. I'm scared. At this point, he thinks I'm a spy. <laughs> Seriously. He doesn't believe me, and he thinks I'm, like, co- wanting to or compromise their government in some way. So I'm a little bit nervous, because this is way more serious than just delinquent paperwork at this point in time. So he looks at me. Your options. You can go to prison. You can be deported. Hoping for deportation at this point was the best option. So I thought, but there was a third option that I didn't know was on the table. You could marry me. (laughs) At this point in time, had I known marriage was on the table, I would have never gotten on that plane in South Africa. This is a big deal. I'm a white woman. I'm an American. I'm in a Muslim country, and this man is serious. <sighs> I don't, I, I didn't know what to do, but before I knew it, these words came out of my mouth. You are ridiculous, and you are a fool. To think that I would consider marrying you, and you won't even let me see your country? I will not marry you. As quickly as those words came out, I wanted to pull them back in because this was one big F you in that culture. Not only is this disrespectful to the chief police of APD, but this was a man of authority and a strong Muslim man, and I totally undermined his authority. So I waited there for what seemed an eternity, and I, I trembled, and I didn't know what was to come. And he looks at me, you're right, you're a kind woman, you can have your visa.